and action. so we'll start right at the jump. What? Sure. So who are you and what do you do? Uh, so Jake Cosienda. Uh, what do I do? Um, professionally, I'm a lawyer. Uh, medical malpractice is primarily what I do, and I do lots of other things besides being a lawyer. Uh, Jiu-jitsu, father, husband, um, woodworker, plenty of other things, too, of a much minor scale. I didn't know you were a woodworker. I, I am awful at it, but I enjoy it, and that's all I do it for is for my enjoyment. I produce nothing of merit, but entertaining for me. Like what kind of woodworking? Uh, anything from like basic carpentry stuff around the house to cabinet making. Okay. Or that kind of level. You know, I don't, I, I, uh, I haven't actually made cabinets and things like that in a while. But, Have you ever made cabinets? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. So the first house I owned um, years ago, you know, starter house kind of thing before yeah. I had my son and then where he grew, grew up for the first six years of his life. Um, we built out the third floor and I did all the work other than the actual structural stuff. So they took a, very high pitched or very steep pitched a frame and they bumped out the back to make it a, like a dormer the length of the the house which wasn't a very big house and then um that was it i did everything inside so i did all the uh internal framing i did the sheet rocking i did the trim cabinets okay all that kind of stuff yeah i That's like it but you know i like it because i i could stop <laughs> and the projects are only what I want. Yeah. If I did it for a living, I, I think I I couldn't do it. It's funny how people are built different. What do you mean? For different things. Like my dad was a plumber. Okay. And I had to fix the toilet in my house the other day. Yeah, yeah. Like had to take it out and put a new one in. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I knew how to do it. Yeah. I didn't want to do it. But you could do it. But I could do it. And I did it. Yeah. And I, of course, I called him just to make sure I wasn't fucking it up too bad. Okay. I was just like, hey, man, am I doing this right? Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. You know, he was like, yeah, 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 that's good. Just do that. I was like, all right, great. And fucking toilets are heavy. <laughs> yeah, they really are. <laughs> Fuck, why do they have to be so heavy? You got to line it up over the post and yeah. the, on, the, on that, that uh, would you use beeswax? A beeswax The, the, wax, the, the wax, wax gasket. Ring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. comes with it. They come with different stuff now. Because I've done yeah. that too. I put, in, I put in bathrooms and all that kind of shit. Yeah, it's just the like. But if I had to do that shit every day, wouldn't want to do it. Fuck not, that. No, not nope. at all. Especially if it was somebody else's toilet, like playing in somebody else's literal shit. No, nah, I'm good. That's exactly right. But my dad loved it. He was like, yeah, I love this job. Uh, it's great. I do new stuff every day. Yeah, no. I'm like, no. Maybe you learn to love it. You know, that's the other thing. If you, if, like, if you had to do something, not by choice, but like your, limit, your, your options were limited, maybe you would love it. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm also like super selfish, I think, because I'm always like, I'm only going to do what I want to do. If I don't enjoy it, I stop doing it. That's a good way to be. It could be self-limiting, though. You know, long-term versus short-term. Yeah. I get into that with my son all the time. Like, you don't want to do what you're doing now, but does it get you somewhere you want to be later? Right. So that's different than, I don't want to be doing it now. You could dumb it down to what you're doing minute by minute. That's a bad way to make decisions. Right. No, I don't do it that. Like, I... I've set very strict rules and boundaries for my life. Yeah. Of like, I'm allowed to fail. I'm allowed to quit, but I'm not allowed to give up. That's a good way of thinking it. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Right. Yeah. So if I fail, I can keep going until I get it right. Yeah, not wrong with that. If I'm quitting, it means that I've, I've put in all the effort that I'm willing to put in, and I don't enjoy the process, so I don't want to do that thing. And if I give up, it means that I've decided it's really hard and 
I'm not willing to put in the effort for something that I still want, which is giving up to me. And I just, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to give up on stuff. So wait a minute, but that, that, that's like, um, it's very semantic kind of from difference between quitting and giving up. Yeah. People argue with me all the time. They're like, those are the same thing. Or they'll be like, well, I think of it the other way. And it's like, you can think of it however you want it. This is for me. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's for my brain to to function the way I need Your to function. Personal, right? You, right. You this say, is like I'm not giving. Like if you want to use it too, great. But if but it's for me to yeah. function the way I need to function. It's how I help my daughter discover how to deal with stuff too. Because it's like, well, are we quitting because you've you've worked as hard as you can at this thing, and you've decided you don't want to succeed at its highest level, or are you giving up because it's too hard? And you feel like you won't ever be able to reach it because if you if you enjoy it and you just think you're never going to be able to reach a level of success, then you should keep going. So it's all based on the reason or the rationale, the rationale behind your stopping. Right. Quitting is not for an acceptable reason. I'm sorry. Quitting is for an acceptable reason. Right. Giving up is for not an acceptable, not an acceptable reason. So giving up because you're lazy. Right. Or because you're embarrassed or something like that. Right. But quitting is a more of a calculated decision in your mind of, I can't afford to, whether it's time or money or whatever, to, to, to continue on. Correct. I have to stop this. I have to stop this. It's not good for my mental health. It's not good for my physical health. It's because I ran out right. of money. But it's not, it's not for a bad reason. Right. Like you quit smoking because it's bad for you. You give up smoking because you can't afford it anymore. Yeah, I get it. Right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you go, "Oh, I'm going to quit this because it's not any so good for me." So you've named what I think a yeah. lot of people go through anyway. Right, I label it. Yeah, you've labeled it two different ways so you can in your mind, but either way, you you're you know in your own mind whether you label it or not, whether you're, you're correct. You're stopping what you're doing for a right. acceptable reason or one that you're you're not happy with. Right, like I I love jujitsu. Like I really enjoy it. And yeah, I enjoyed yeah. going to your um, dojo because I enjoyed the people there. Yep. But physically my body <laughs> couldn't take it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Like yep. I was literally injuring myself. So that's when I decided to go to the gym instead. Right. So that way I could work my way back to jujitsu. So that actually puts it in really good perspective because that's exactly what I, I don't label it the way you do, but exactly how I talk to the students. When, when someone's calling me up and saying, I can't do it because I can't commit it with my family or I got a job or uh, my body can't or I'm too hurt all the time or whatever. Right. That's nothing to be embarrassed about. Right. And then those who just don't show up because, you know, they, they just don't feel like getting off the couch right. or they always have some excuse for something else that they're not committed to. to, to, to that's that's giving up. Right. That's giving up. Right. Or that's, they didn't want it to be. They, they really weren't there for the right reasons to begin with. Right. I just was curious. And so, right, which is fine. Then you're quitting because right. you, you were curious right. and you found out that it wasn't for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Perfectly acceptable. Right. And if you go and you keep failing and you're keep trying and you keep putting in effort, that's great. That's how you learn. That's that's, that's a way of that's, learning. That's the process. Right. 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 If you haven't failed, you've never tried anything new. That whole concept of stuff. I get it. I right? get it. So you define it all in your own mind. You know, what's funny is the people who fool themselves into thinking the, the wrong reasons, they right. rationalize right reasons for doing something that are the wrong reason. Correct. Yeah, I get that. I get so that. I spent I spent years redefining things for myself. Yeah. Like, I use the word selfish versus self-involved. 
because selfish means that I'm focused only on my own joy and pleasure. Self-involved means that I can hurt anybody in my path as long as I get what I want because I'm only involved with me. Okay. Right? So I define these things so I can go, okay, this is what I want and this is what I don't want to be as a person. I want to be able to focus on my own joy and pleasure. I do not want to... I do not want to focus on myself so much that I'm hurting those around me. I get it. Right? Yeah, sure. I get that. That makes sense. You're articulating what I think a lot of people kind of fuzzily understand but don't really think through enough Correct. to be able to articulate it, but they kind of intuit it. And then there's others who don't have a freaking clue. Yeah. No. So I just, for me, I am... Because I struggled with a lot of mental health stuff. Oh, did you get a note? I, I got a I, note. <laughs> I struggled with a, a lot of mental health stuff. Like I have bipolar. I have ADHD. With you have the, ADHD? No, you don't. I do. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't have known that. I'm very good with it. Because you understand it and you kind of... Correct. It's it's not not that this is a form of autism, but there's autism. Autistic people who can go through life because they... What is a term they use for that? Um not masking, maybe it's masking. I forgot what it is, but they learn how to behave and react to things, but it's not genuine. They just are really good actors because they right. know that this is the type of response I should have in society to make it work. So you're saying you know you're idiot, you catch yourself and you see right. what's going on and you can you can steer it in the better direction. Yeah, like yeah. I learned that with ADHD comes hyper focus. Yeah, yeah. And it comes with also quick distraction. Yeah. So the things that I enjoy, I get over hyper, here, Danny. Over right. here. Right. No. Okay. Exactly. I get, <laughs> but I get super focused on the things that I enjoy. Yeah. So much so that I'll forget the whole world exists. So yeah. like, if I get into a show, or if I get into a game, or if I get into a, whatever it is that I'm into, yeah, I could literally spend 32 hours just on that and forget that I was supposed to go to work or go do something else. And uh, and so I had to teach myself, like, okay. You have to set reminders. You have to set, yeah, 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 and you have to like go. Okay, I really enjoy this thing, so I have to set a time limit. I have to set a parameter because if I don't, then I'll just stay on you that lose thing. control, right? I'm probably ADHD. I always cues to forget to eat. I forget to stop. That's what, what happens. I'm doing. I'll be eat. out in the you garage forget. for five hours, and someone's like, "Hey, you know, can you come up for breath and do something?" Yeah, that's that's high functioning ADHD you have. Because there's some people with ADHD, they can't, well, no matter just, how much they want to do it, they can't do it. My understanding is that there's different versions yeah. of ADHD that all manifest similarly, but they have different like superpowers to it's them. It's like an equalizer, like in yeah. music, right? More bass, more treble. Everyone's got different yeah. aspects, more or less, than the other, and you can learn to adjust it, but to the extent you still have some that you can only do so much for. Yeah, so you mix the ADHD yeah. with bipolar and you get this amazingly crazy human being running around. Really? Throwing you, throwing, throwing tantrums for no reason. I haven't seen well, you throw a tantrum before. Oh, I have. Really? I've I learned Once I learned what it was, they put me on some meds, but I hated the meds, so I then I created my the I created literally a program for myself yeah, yeah. that I called the evolutions program because I wanted to evolve. I wanted okay. to stay who I was, but evolve into a better version of myself. So I, so, so you, you managed it because you learned enough about what you're doing to be, it's like that uh, movie, um, beautiful mind. Yeah. You ever seen that? Yep. So he, he, guy went nuts. He went absolutely crazy, yeah, yeah. psychotic, the whole thing. 
But when he he was smart enough to when he realized when he finally got identified and cured and you know diagnosed and he understood right he didn't have to be on meds he became extremely f- successful because he was smart enough to recognize what was going on and he can actually be psychotic and know it's almost like he had two brains going on in his head right. and know that's a psychotic thought I shouldn't pay any attention to that yet it's still happening right like the, I think the story after I forgot the guy's name the story after is more fascinating than the story that they told in the movie I agree because what he was able like the guy was able to that no one could like he had invisible a, friends that for his entire life right and he knew it and he knew it and he's like I recognize you I see you I you're talking like, to me but I'm gonna ignore you because I'm smart enough to know you're not real and he went on right and he yeah. would ask people he'd be like do you see this person yeah. And they'd say no, and he'd be like, oh, okay. And then yeah, now he knew that it wasn't real. Right. And he'd remember that next time the person was talking to him. It was yeah. crazy. I think that's the better story. I think there should be a sequel. I always said there should be a sequel to that movie. The story leading up to it was great. It was I great. Mean, especially the way they told it, you know, they yeah, kept yeah. in the dark and all that. But the story about how he was able to manage it after and have a successful, yeah. brilliant life, that's more impressive. To me, yeah. it's more impressive. Well, that's... But- Learning that stuff about myself is what I contribute my success later in life to. Because in my twenties, I was a I was a raging maniac. Were you really? I didn't sleep. I like when I lived in New York, I only slept like two hours a day. That's insane. I would literally just keep going. It's not. But I would just. I didn't. I had huge FOMO. I I I felt like I was going to miss out on everything, so I just stayed awake. Because I was like, well, if I go to bed, I might miss something. So I have to stay up. So I have to go do this. So I would take naps. Like I'd take an hour nap here. Like an power hour nap, nap to get yeah. yourself ready for the next yeah, thing. Yeah, just go do the next thing. Oh, my God. How, and you, then, how you didn't burn yourself into the ground, I have no, or did you? I don't think I did. I just think that eventually I was like, okay, this isn't healthy. I need to find a new way. You figured it out. Yeah. But that's why like waiting tables worked for me. It was always moving. It was always going. I was able to organize stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With my ADHD, I was I learned how to organize by using it as like a tool instead of using it as a crutch. I'd be like, oh yeah, I forgot to do this. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. And like I would make lists in my head, and I would just make you track of it all. Yeah, keep track of it all and function. And that's good. And then when I adopted Brianna, that's when you got. I shit. was like, I can't. You had to get your I shit have together. to function. I can't because I would lose my temper over little shit. And I'd be like, I can't be mad that <laughs> she's being a kid. Yeah, no kidding. Right? Like, I can't be mad at a two and a half year old for being a two and a half year old. Like, I have to fix that. Right, right. So that's when I started going to therapists and I went to a psychiatrist and they were like, We think you might have bipolar. We might think you have. Yeah, ADHD. we have this. We're going to put you on these meds. And I hated the meds. They made me they have tired. awful side effects, don't they? Terrible. Oh so I was God. like, okay, I have to, I have to figure something out that's better. And that's when I looked at all of the acting training I went through, and I went, well, what does it take to be a great actor? You went through some acting training. You yeah. go to school? Or yeah, I you- went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and learned the Meisner technique. What's that? So that. the Meisner technique is the definition of an acting for Meisner is living truthfully in the moment under the imaginary circumstance. Okay, I and get that. it's all about repetition and focusing on the other person and make it when you're acting the best actors listen and focus on the other people. So, and he's one of the greatest acting coaches and teachers of all time. So I was like, okay, well people love movies, right? People love these main characters in movies. So I was like, okay, well how do I become the main character of my own movie and be, 
not a villain and be a hero. Because the way I looked at it is like, I'm being a villain. Like I'm yelling at people for no reason. I'm throwing these tantrums and I'm super depressed and I'm, and I'm sad and I'm angry at the world. How do I fix that? Yeah. So what I did was I took the Meisner technique and his definition of acting was living truthfully in the moment under the imaginary circumstance. I just changed one piece of it. I said, living truthfully in the moment under your current set of circumstances. So now if I'm just in the moment, and I'm only dealing with what's happening right now. I'm not worried about anything in the future or anything in the past. I'm just here present with people. That'll help me focus. And it'll help me connect to people so, so better. Did you take this school? Did you go to school for acting because you wanted to? No. I, I wanted you, to be an actor in my 20s. That's what I meant. Oh, okay. So you just recognized something you had learned yeah. in the past and said, you know what? I can reapply I could, that. I can to reapply it. this hey, and use that's it. That's pretty good, actually. So then, like the most important thing in acting is the other person. Yeah. Right. So then I decided, okay, well, how do I use that? And I said, I looked at relationships and I looked at Brianna and I was like, okay, well, if the most important thing in acting is the other person, it makes sense that in your life, the most important thing in a healthy relationship would be the other person. person. So it's not communication. It's not trust. It's not honesty. It's not like, it's not all these one word kitschy things that everybody is like debating about. It's actually just the other person because Brianna needs something different moment to moment. So if I'm living truthfully in the moment under the current set of circumstances and the most important thing in our healthy relationship is her for me, then now moment to moment, I can feed her. I can, I can, whatever she's crying about, I can help her figure it out. Whatever she's happy about, I can help her enjoy it more. Whatever she wants to do next, I can, I can be present and do that with her. That's a great idea. I like that. That right? makes perfect sense. So I took all these tools and I just started creating all of this stuff. And then once I kind of mastered it for myself and I added onto it and I created, like I created this relationship building because I wanted healthier relationships. So I literally created this building that I drew and I was like, okay, all the passerbys that go outside, those are just people every day that I see. And then people in the lobby are people that I am just meeting and I'm saying hello to these people and I'm greeting them and I'm getting to know them a little bit and I'm starting to understand what type of person they are. So they're inside my building, but they don't rent any rooms or any space in it. Right. So then people that I like and I, that I want to keep in my life, I rent them space in my building and I go, okay, well they can have an apartment. They can have yeah. this space in this floor. And then as you go up, you have the penthouse and that's where you keep closer people to you because you want them higher up in your building and you want them to be safer and you want them to be there. And then you have your rooftop patio. That's like, you know, the most beautiful part of the building and it's at the top. So if you let somebody dangerous up there, they could throw you off. So you have to be safe up there. So only the safest people, can be on the rooftop with you. And that's how I like started building healthier relationships and stronger relationships. I like that. that's 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 organized. I like it's that. It's organized, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that helped my brain and that helped me with my emotions so when they were so erratic I could like focus and go okay, what's going on right now in this moment? Is this real or is this not real? Right? So even now when I'm like sitting at home and everybody's in bed and I'm awake because you know I have part insomnia some nights and it's like one o'clock in the morning and I'm just sitting there by myself, letting my thoughts go wild. And I start to get depressed. I'm able to go, okay, what's going on? I'm just sitting in my home that I live in with my wife and my kids. And we've built this happy so you can place. Center yourself. I can center myself and I can go, okay, life is not terrible. You, you don't need to think about the dread. You can focus on the happy stuff. You can focus on the stuff 
that's going to help you work How often towards... does that not work? <clears throat> now it's very rare. Really? It's very rare that it doesn't work. In the beginning, though, it's probably... In the beginning, yeah, it was you, super hard. As you're trying to adapt and, and figure figure this out and, and, and right. change your thinking, it's getting hard. But now you've done it enough where it's right. it works most of the time. So then once I mastered it and I created all these other pieces to it, I brought it to my mom, who's a therapist, and I was like, I think I have something that I could share with other people. Yeah. And she looked at it, and I wrote it out, and I and I put it all together, and she's like, wow, this is really good. She's like, we could use this. And I was like, okay, well, I can. I have exercises that I learned in acting yeah, yeah. That I've modified that I can teach people how to become more self-aware. I can teach people to become more connected to each other. And if they go through these steps, they'll they'll actually be more functional as human beings. Like I can teach them to get what they want with these because I, I created five core habits. Okay. And the five core habits, if you do them in order every time that you want something, there's like a 99% rate of accomplishing it. So, so it's increase your odds of getting there. Yeah. So especially it's, the you, more you do it, I imagine. Right? If you have self-awareness, yeah. personal perspective, empathic understanding, effective giving, win-win. I get that. You know, the thing that most people lack though is the first one. Oops. Self-awareness. Oh my God. Which you is think about going through life, you walk down everyone you know, you think about what they what they talk about or how they they, they lack self-awareness. You you walk away going, they have no clue about what's going on in their own life or what they're saying or the impact they're having or right. Like that is like that's not common. You so talk, I created an exercise to teach people self-awareness. And I make them. Well, you know do that it. requires is people to recognize they need to do that because they lack self awareness, and those right. people lack self awareness don't recognize they lack self awareness. Which a- is why it worked out really well, coupling it with my mom as a therapist, because she, there were people already there getting help. So, so those she can people, help them. so those people, she would be like, "Hey, you need to take my son's course." Yeah. Do you have a course? You actually- yeah, I did for a while. I oh, had you a did? course. Like you taught people, or was yeah. it written down and no, they I read did, it? No, I had groups. Really? And I literally brought them through the exercises. Oh. So I had people that were completely aloof and had no self-awareness leave like accomplishing huge feats and goals in their lives. So why'd you stop? Um, I wanted to do something more and bigger. Does someone else do it now? You- no, I still want to, I want to write a book about it and I still want to put it out there, but I needed, I needed to establish myself in other ways in order to help more people. So that's part of what this podcast is about. And it's part of what, my journey has to offer still is that I want to give these things, but I want to give them in a larger context scale. Yeah. Nice. Cause it just doing it in groups of 10 is really cool and really fun. But if I can do it to a larger group of people that start to understand do a, that, do a Ted talk or something like that. That's the plan. Yeah. I mean, you got to hone it and you practice it and stuff, yeah, yeah. but those are usually, those get wide audience. Yeah. So that's it's on the list of things to do. There you go. You got a long list of things to do. I do. You're knocking them off though. You wrote that book. I, I ordered it. I can't Did wait you? to read Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. No, that's really that was awesome. Like I, especially now that I see I know Brianna and I know you, and so now in the context, I'd be like, oh, I gotta kind of go flashback in time on this. So I wrote that here. right before I went to start seeing, started seeking help, because I I got that in that form, or have you edited? I I wrote. It's the exact book that I wrote. 12 years ago with Brianna in mind. Oh. And it's literally, it's a book. The book is the, the, the idea of it. It's a ch- the children's book. The idea of it is understanding that happiness is not something that you are all the time. And it's not something that you can go out into the world and search for and hope to find. It's something that once you start to appreciate 
all of the good that you have, yeah. you'll become much happier. And that's what this book is about. And that's what the book is about. But it's, it's a children's book. It's a children's book about the goddess, the bull, and the pasture of hope is about the bull and the goddess, which is me and Brianna. Yeah. And I'm the bull. You're and the I was, goddess? I was, I'm, yes, I'm the goddess, obviously. <laughs> um, but I'm the bull, and I was out in the world. I was literally everywhere in the world searching for happiness and trying to figure it like out. A bull and in then, a china shop. I like a bull in a china shop. I just got madder and madder and madder and destroyed more and more things and relationships until I was almost completely alone. And then Brianna fell in my lap, and she changed the way that I looked at everything. And she helped me calm down and she helped me work on myself and she helped me discover that being happy wasn't something that was permanent unless you were grateful and you appreciated and were engaged with people that you loved and cared about. And what's a pasture? And the pasture is, is basically the environment that the goddess lived in. So the goddess, the pasture is, so okay. So he, his, the goddess lives in the pasture of hope, but he doesn't know that. The, the bull goddess, doesn't know the, that. the bull doesn't know that. The bull knows that the goddess is in this field, and she's always in the field, learning new magic and new skills and new things to make the world a better and more calm and beautiful place. Okay. So one day, the bull is told that there's this place out there called the pasture of hope by this other bull. This older bull says, there's a pasture of hope. If you get there, you'll find peace and balance in your life, and yeah. you'll be great forever. So he goes out into the world, and he starts looking for it. And as he's going out into the world, the goddess calls to him and says, hey, bull, where are you going? And he says, oh, I have heard of this place. I got to go find it. And he doesn't, tell her, he doesn't tell her what the place is. He just says, I have this place. Do you want to go with me? And she says, no, I can't. I have to still learn and do what I'm doing here. But good luck. Have fun. You know. And she just goes back to what she's doing. And he comes back, and he's so upset, and he's so distraught that – he didn't find it, even though he looked everywhere in the world for it. He didn't find this this pasture of hope. And he comes back, and the goddess you know, says, oh, Bull, you're back. Did you find what you're looking for? And he says, no. And she says, oh, it's probably out there somewhere. You'll find it. And she you know, giggles, and he gets mad, and he starts smashing stuff and goring everything and throws this huge tantrum. And she says, oh, you can't do that here. You have to go. You can't, you can't be angry here. Like This is not the place for that. So he goes away and he comes back and she says, you know, I can't let you in. You're still, you still have to work out your anger and your demons and whatever, however she says it. And he sits there and he says, well, can I just be around you? And I'll sit outside of your fence and, but you make me calm. Can I just be here? And she says, sure, you can Hang do out. whatever you like. Yeah, yeah. Right. So eventually she invites him in and she tells him, you know, you know, you're always welcome in the pasture of hope. You can come here whenever you like. And he has this big realization of that's all it was. I was, time. yeah, I was. I all I had to do was be near my friend, who I uh, already loved. There you go. And I would have been introduced to the place that made me the happiest. Well, I'm getting the. I think the book's being delivered tomorrow, or maybe Thursday. No, what day is the thing? What Thursday or Friday? So when I get it, I'll read it. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, but it's been a long time coming. So then I. So you I, had this thing written 12 years ago and just sitting there? And, yeah, and I couldn't afford to, to get an artist to illustrate it. And how, how did you do it? So I used artists from Fiverr. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, Fiverr, right? I've heard of Fiverr. Would you do yeah. you, you contracted somebody you like their style? Yeah. And, that kind and of then thing? they did like a bunch of illustrations and colors, and then I wasn't 100% satisfied. Okay. 
So then we put it into Photoshop has a beta version of AI. Uh, so we started playing with the AI uh -huh. and the images and we started reshaping them and reworking them. So the only thing that we really kept was the characters, the way that they drew them. And then we started reworking the environments that they were in to be more graphic. And novel. you did this with the artist from Fiverr? No, I did it by myself. Oh, so you, so, oh, so you, you bought the stuff so the, from... They bought the stuff from Fiverr with all the rights and then And then used AI to... to and then I used change. AI to enhance oh. it. Oh, I see. So you made it And then yours. some of my own skills that I have with Photoshop, because I know Photoshop from my work. Yeah, yeah. That I was like, able to cut and paste and move stuff around. And yeah, do, you're not do entirely naive of all that stuff. Right. So then I just reworked the illustrations the way that I wanted them. All right, cool. Let's make it... So I can't wait to read it now. Now they got the background behind yeah. it, and now I got all creative. So it was... But it was definitely a, something that was on my list of things. I've always wanted to write a book. I've always wanted a book in the world. You yeah. know, I've done movies. I've done other stuff. But this was something that I was really excited about. And you have done movies. When's the next one? We're not sure yet. We're going to work on... We have a series that we're going to work on next. Like a, a movie series? Uh, like a web series. So there's a gentleman by the name of Rodney Norman. He's got a huge following. You'd mm. actually probably love him. Oh, yeah? He's on... Uh, can you pull up Rodney? He's... Uh, He's got this crazy beard and big hair, and he's kind of goofy. Is, what is he like a movie producer or something? Uh, no, he's a he's a stand up comedian and a oh. philosopher. Oh, really? Uh, What's his he, name? Rodney Rodney Norman, and he lives right. locally, and he has this character that he does named Leonard, who kind of just stumbles like all over himself. Yeah. Stage okay. Um, but we want to do it because he's a philo He was a philosophy major in college, so <laughs> okay. he has a degree in philosophy. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of his stuff. Um, so that's Rodney. Um, oh jeez, yeah, he's all yeah. So he has some great uh, videos and great content. He's got like millions of followers. Um, he's Connecticut. He's local. Yeah, he's local. So we created a web series with him that is going to be all about him being this quirky, goofy dude. Yeah, that gives really cool, like stoicism. <laughs> like, <laughs> so there's a little bit of a juxtaposition. Yeah, of philosophy here. too, like people that just kind of end up walking by so like he'll be you know cleaning up at the park or something and he's looking crazy and we figure you know somebody will just have a fight with their wife and come storming around and be all mad talking to themselves and then he'll just kind of interject little, oh i see so you're little, setting up the scenario yeah and then we'll set up little nuggets of stoicism and philosophy to help people get through their modern day problems with ancient philosophy that's pretty cool. And you can publish this on the web. Yeah, and it'll go on the web. Like a, you said, a series. So yeah, not a series. Like oh, I see. So it'll be like five minute videos. Yeah, yeah. That'll yeah. just be the same character in different scenarios. How'd you meet him? How'd you meet Rodney? Uh, I I loved his content. Yeah. So one day I just online or online, in like Instagram. Or you just ran into him. Like I saw his content and then I messaged him. I was like, hey man, I'd love to have you on my podcast. And I think it was like maybe five minutes later. He was like, I'd love to be on your podcast. So I was like, great. Well, when you're in Connecticut, let me know. We'll get you on. He was like, I'm always in Connecticut. I live here. And I was like, well, okay, great. Let's do it. That's <laughs> just falling into it. Right? Yeah. That's pretty cool. So it. So you're working on it now or it's just an idea? No, we're working on it now. He oh, was just here today, actually. Oh, we were talking about it. Oh, very nice. And then I have a couple other movie ideas that I'm kicking around that I want to do. I really like to start doing more kids stuff kids movie yeah i just i think like they're a, more like what's a kids movie like like what? bad news bears kind of stuff uh, okay like just fun like 
family programming. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lighthearted, funny, kids doing goofy shit, entertaining kids and families. Like I'd like. I think there's a lot. There's a big hole right now Uh in the entertainment market. Okay. Where Disney is only doing like sci-fi and fantasy stuff. Yeah, that's really true. Right, and there's not really that anybody. wholesome stuff is gone. It's like, gone. Like you just don't see. Like I think it's because it doesn't sell, or it doesn't sell as high as uh, in volume and in money as like, I think Marvel it, and stuff like that. Right, it doesn't sell as high as Marvel, but it also costs way less to make. It did, you know, but it, it's also easier to 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 do stuff that they know works because of the the, the financial well, yeah, and they risk. Can, like they just right. did. Uh, what was the name of the one? There's one coming out with a kids book. I think it's a Judy Bloom or I forgot what the book is, but um Hey God, it's me, Margaret. No. Nah, uh I think that is one. Is it coming out? It just came out. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But I mean yeah. they didn't write it. No, it came from a book. Right. It's not but it's old. The thing's been right. around for like it was old when I started, when I was a kid. And right. you know, so so like, no one's coming out with original stuff. It's just retreads. Well, that's because they're scared of losing money. Well, that's exactly right. It's, it's all yeah. But I think that there's I think that there's a market for like there's no full house now. There's no family matters now. There's no Roseanne now. There's no all of the sitcoms are older college aged or older friends. Seinfeld. They're like trying to remake those. I mean, there's no, well, there's, there's that, no family. Uh, well, there are. There's a, there's few. Like there's um so my son who's well, he's 19 now, but when he was, you know, he was younger. He was watching. Um, oh, the names are all. I can't remember the name now. Not Malcolm in the Middle, but uh, oh, the um, Malcolm in the Gold, Middle. No, the one. Goldbergs. The Goldbergs. I mean that that's but that's it, over a decade ago, isn't it? When was the Goldbergs? Yeah, well, I done? think they stopped running a few years ago. Yeah. Maybe when what's his name? The father got the the father act the actor playing the father. But even like, but but even just three or four years ago, not even when Brianna was like eleven, she yeah. was watching Full House. You know, the old on stuff? On loop, yeah. The 90s. Yeah, she was just like... Well, that wholesome, you know... But know, the kids-driven jo- stuff, where the kids are the characters, that stuff works for kids. They like watching yeah, it. Yeah, of course they do. And even Disney isn't putting out a lot of that stuff anymore. But Nickelodeon, they put out a lot of that stuff. They, they keep having new and new shows for that, don't yeah, they? Yeah, but... I don't know what... I'd have to look at what some of their roster is, but... Yeah, but I, it gets to the point where they're like... But they're doing like... They're doing like bathroom humor and fart jokes, which yeah, were, it's, not, it's not that, but it's, it's not, not like, depth. yeah, I think that there's a, I think there's a space for wholesome, funny, like actually funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like not like fart jokes and bathroom humor and sliming people, but like literally like this is a funny scenario that parents and kids are well, in. So so you need a movie like that because the problem with the kids these days, I, I sound like an old man here, everything's got to be instantaneous. You know, short bursts, Well, that's why I think bites. if we do a series that's clips that are, uh, if you do a series that's five to seven minutes long. They'll watch it. They'll watch, they'll watch 20 of them. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. But they won't watch, watch an hour of it. Right. If it's an hour right. long, an hour they long won't series. watch it. Right. But, if you wa- if, but if you make 10 five-minute ones, they'll watch 50 minutes. Right. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That's it's, a, freaking... it's an absolute amazing... Well, it's the same concept with adults. If I told you that... If I was like, hey, Jake, you want to go to a movie? It's nine hours long. You'd be like, no. Well, it depends on the movie. Right. But most people will sit for nine oh, yeah. hours and watch nine episodes of their favorite show. That's, they'll, yeah, they'll binge, binge. It. They'll yeah, binge that they'll episode. Binge it. That's right. That makes no sense. 
but that's what they do. So if we can build this platform for kids shows that are in incremental pieces that they'll be able to watch and digest based on technology now, right? There's even something to be said about shooting it vertically instead of horizontally. What does that mean? So vertically up and down like your phone. Oh, so so the platform so, so like, you can watch it on yeah, the phone. Yeah, because TV is yeah, yeah, yeah. is horizontal. What would that look like? It'd be interesting. We shoot some stuff vertically now Do for you? clients. Like ads and stuff like that? Yeah. I wonder how that would, I suppose it probably just feels more it, natural on it, your phone, right? It feels more natural on your phone, and it also changes the dynamic of how you shoot stuff. Right, because you're trying to so, yeah, make it visually like, appealing. Like when you have two people in a, in a horizontal frame, it's different than in a vertical frame. So you'd have to stack people rather than have them next to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the person in the background is going to be yeah. bigger and taller. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's interesting. Well, you know all that stuff because yeah. that's what you do. So that's all stuff we're playing with and talking about, trying to figure out where we're going to land on it. That's cool. Yeah. You got a lot of stuff in the hopper. Always. You always it's do. that ADHD stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, then you always have something. You just want to get too big, you know, and yeah. then, then you'll never get to it. Right. Well, that's good. Yeah, but it's always, you know, checking stuff off the list. You know, children's book, done. I just yeah. need to sell a million copies of it. Really? And then That's what you need to do? Well, yeah. if it's good, it'll sell itself, right? Right. Well, you know, I mean, you got to get it out in front of the right people and get people to see it. You never know what catches fire, though. You, you never you, know. You, you know, someone who thinks, oh, I just threw it out there, could care less if anyone buys it. And the next thing you know, like, everyone's buying it. And Everybody's like, buying it. No one Everybody planned it that it. way. Yep. You know, the people who seem to not do it for commercial consumption, but do it for, you know, altruistic or, or even personal selfish reasons, those are the ones that, and you seem to catch fire. The ones yeah. that do it just to sell never really just get. I mean, sometimes yeah. they do, but they, you seem to never get there. I don't know. Yeah, this book was not designed to be sold. Well, now if you wrote twelve years ago and, yeah. and it kept it in the back for twelve years, yeah. you clearly weren't. <laughs> this was something that I wanted done the way I wanted it done. Yeah, for yourself. Like even the illustrations, I waited because I couldn't afford because technology didn't do what I needed it to do yet. So like I would have had to hire somebody to do the graphic novel style that I did it in. Yeah. And they would have had it would have taken them oh plus the money to keep making yeah. them go back and redesign oh yeah and and stuff like that. it would have been yeah, thousands yeah. and thousands so, of dollars uh, not, I should say an acquaintance of mine uh, most of my wife her husband is really incredible illustrator does children's books all that kind of stuff that's awesome um, but like you know they've even mentioned that like you know the world is changing because mm-hmm. now AI can do a lot of if you can create that stuff AI I'll finish. Once you get the style in there, it can create all this stuff for you, and you don't need that illustrator anymore. I feel like you still need them. I think if you, you do. want it, if not you, if you're doing it on the cheap, or you, you, if you're, you're not, yeah, if you're doing it on the cheap. But if you want things specific enough, and you want it done, like that's why, like every page in my book was illustrated by an illustrator, and then I added elements with AI. I didn't go the like. I didn't take so, one image and go, hey, create me more of this. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I, I didn't like you didn't put a picture of the bull up and then say, now change, no. change, put the bull in this yeah. environment, and make it, this bull angry and do yeah, it. No, right. it and was it, like I took a piece of what they had already created and went, make me more of this in this style, and it would like spit out like options. And I go, okay, this is this is what I'm looking for. And what AI did you use this for? Photoshop. A- oh, AI was built into the. This is the AI built, built yeah. into Photoshop. Yeah. And you said it's a beta version? Yeah, it's a beta version on on their program right now. 
That's cool. But it was just fun to play with, and then it just happened to work out that it was like there's one image that is like we debated on whether we should keep it in the book. Why? Because it was because that it good was like that bad? it was a little bit of both. Like it was. It made a little bit of both. So it's one of the where the the bull is his most depressed and most sad moment. Yeah. The AI created this whole world of like weird melting skulls. What the? But heck? they look cartoony. So I was like, they're pretty amazing. And I'm putting text but over them. But that's a kid's them. book. Right. But it, and that's why it was a debate because it wasn't, because they weren't like real skulls. It was just like this weird, like. Could a kid understand they were skulls? But adult, like I a think kid a misses kid, the point, but the adult No, says, I think a kid will get the point that it's a scary, sad place. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to portray was a very scary, sad place. But it's not so much where you're going to have nightmares and be like. That's what you think. So I think. I'll tell you if I have nightmares. You tell me if you have nightmares. But it's one of the coolest pages in the book, in my opinion. And it's like, and I debated on it for a while. I was like, I don't know. It's like, it's really cool, but is it too far? Is it? And then we decided, like, we all talked about it. And we decided that it wasn't. We were like, no, I think it's okay. Okay. I think that it's, because it didn't, it doesn't have gore or anything in it. It's just like these. It's, but it sets and, a mood, right? It's, it sets a you're mood. You're definitely gonna feel the mood. You're gonna out of feel it. the mood that this page sets. Right. And then with the text, we didn't go with like standard text. Like we, I made the text in different fonts to pop out and like f- make the words livable, right? So if I said that something was smashed, it was like a smash text. So it's oh, like yeah. cracked. And so they're broken. live. So so they're yeah. I don't know what the word is for that, but I get it. Yeah. So it felt like the, like you can get the feeling from the word rather than just just plain read it, text read the, reading it, right, and looking right, at right. the images. I wanted it to have this comic booky kind of feel to it. Cool. How long is the book? Forty. It's thirty eight pages total. Forty cover to cover. So what? So if it's a kids book, but you know, kids go from you know zero to whatever. Mm-hmm. Was it like sixth grade, fifth grade, fourth grade? I think it's probably toddler to 10 or 11, realistically. But I think it's one of those books that hopefully has a message. T- toddler, so parent has to read it for them? Yeah, like it, like it, like they had the imagery, like toddlers will love. Okay. They'll look at it and they'll like looking at the book and they'll like looking at the words because I made them so animated. Okay. So it's like, oh, I want to know what so that draw them into the reading. Right. Because I was a terrible reader. Like I graduated high school with like a seventh grade reading level. Really? I was, well, that was that's back to your ADHD. Right. But I was like terrible that. at school. Like I just wasn't good at it. Yeah. So I have the vocabulary of like a college master's degree and the spelling of like a four year old. <laughs> it's <laughs> really frustrating sometimes. Well, when I'm AI, to, I'll fix that for you. Right. Well, that's why talk to text and stuff like it works out yeah, really well for exactly. me because i'll want to say something to somebody like oh, i'm gonna fucking spell this goddamn word but man i'm gonna use it <laughs> hey you get to look at that's what that word looks yeah, like i'll just be like altruistic <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there's an a in that yeah, holy shit <laughs> exactly so it's like that kind of thing where i wanted to create a book that would get kids excited to read yeah and i hope that it does it like i hope that i've well, never seen a book like it i'll let you well that's good though right you need i think so I'll, th- I'll let you know. Thanks. I saw that pop up. I always buy the books, my friends. Uh, so, you know, from jujitsu, Shihan, uh, the guy. Who, yeah. Yeah. He's written four now, three series, you know, one, two, three series about this the, called The Contractor. And then a fourth, uh, which is like a horror kind of thing. Okay. Um, Stephen King-like kind of ish. So they're uh, fiction. 
Oh yeah, all fiction. Yeah, all fiction. Uh, who knows if there's any, you know, pull, everyone pulls from their yeah, life and that stuff. But it's they're fiction. meant to be fiction. Yeah, they're all yeah, fiction. Yeah. Although he's that's fun. The characters are based off people he knows, which is interesting because when he was publishing, he did, he did a great job with this. He put the book out, and I'm a dumb coffee. I'll tell you why in a second. Um, he put when he put the books out, he's like, okay, so the characters are built on people, you know, based on people, characteristics and things of people and personalities of people I know. But he didn't tell you who they were. And so he had like a guessing thing, like every week he did like that. And and apparently one of them was based on me. So I'm reading the book and I'm like, where's me? Where's me in the thing? And I read the whole thing. So I saw him, he came up, he's in Florida and I came, comes up from Florida. You read the book. I'm like, yeah, I loved it. it was, you know, they're great. I really like the story. I think you can write more, but he's, I guess he's not. But I was like, this is great. He said, you pick out which one was you. And I'm like, I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't. He goes, you're, you're Jake. I'm like, no, I know I'm Jake. He goes, no, you're the character Jake. I'm like, no, it can't be me. I'm like, I know the names are, it can't be that obvious. I didn't recognize it as me. So, so I went nose. back. Well, I mean, I was like, come on. So I read, I went back and I, I read the pieces, you know, with Jake. And I'm like, holy shit, now I see it. But it's funny, like you're trying to find, and I don't know how much, now in retrospect, I'm thinking I was probably trying to find the one I wanted to be, but not the one yeah. I met. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because once I read it, now knowing it was me, I'm like, shit, these are some. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, he hit me yeah. kind of pretty good on this. I was like, but it was, so it was pretty good. I like it. Yeah. So anyway, so he he writes. I read, bought his books. Yours, another friend of mine uh, wrote like more of a technical book, which meant absolutely nothing to me. Absolutely support that. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think that's great. It's one of the good things I think Amazon has done is the publishing. Anyone yeah. can publish a book now. And, you know, you can have three purchases. Who cares? You get it out there. I think that is the absolute. Instead of these publish houses where you had to submit it, and if they didn't like the script and the, or the manuscript, and, you know, maybe they'd help you with editing it and revising it. But if they didn't like it, it wasn't getting published. And if they couldn't make money on it, it wasn't getting published. Yeah. And And so many people wrote stuff that might not have, you know, they're not a blockbuster, but they're really pretty good. Yeah. I think that's one of the best things Amazon, you know, Amazon is, and all those companies, is, I think there's a lot of bad to them and a lot of people, I think that's one of the best things Amazon did was anybody wants to publish something, put it out there, it's there to buy. Yeah, and it's not expensive to do. No, relatively speaking, no, no. it's not. I mean, some people, you know, I can imagine maybe have a problem with it, but but no, I mean, anyone can... Yeah, but relatively compared to... Right, like, like a, any Joe can, if that's what they want to do, not just like, you know, randomly writing stuff and throwing it out there and saying, here it is. But right. I mean, if you want to write a book and get it out there, and it's a goal of yours, for most people, it's definitely a, a reachable goal. Yeah, and, very doable. And if it just sits there and no one buys it, who cares? And But, you know, it's there. To, you, you, I do that all the time now as a, as a uh, interest, I'll... I'll Google a topic and and uh, uh, or search it in Amazon, see what shows up in books, and you can see how many people bought them, and you can see the reviews and stuff like that. And there's a lot of stuff there, just Joe Schmo writing them. Yeah, you know, um, I don't buy most of them, but it's nice to see that they're out there. Great, yeah. great equalizer, I think. It can be. They're still like, could be abused. You get some yeah. real crap out there, real bad, bad stuff that you know you wish, but, but you know, hey, either we're gonna be free and you can publish that stuff and. Yeah. Or you can't. And I think that's a good thing. I do too. I think that, you know, I think that's where it becomes a real slippery slope with the canceling of it, people or things, or you can't do this or you can do that. Or it's like, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, you, it's, you're free to be an asshole. You, you, you got to let everyone to, be free to be an asshole. Yeah, that's exactly. the problem. You have to let everybody. Be, yeah. 
You can't be everyone can be an asshole as long as you okay the assholeness. Right now you have like, to you have to let everybody you have to let everybody be free to be the asshole they want to be. Yeah. yeah. I think that's and that's where I think that's where we're at right now is that slippery slope of like why are we why are we deciding who's allowed to be an asshole and who's not? You don't like that version of the asshole, but Yeah, but here, so here's the here's the thing about this, right? Yeah. And society is built on on boundaries. Yep. So if you're going to be so boundaryless, you're just going to take away all bounds. Everyone can do whatever they want. Yeah. You can't have a society. No, you can't. You, you got Wild West mentality, and and then it becomes whoever right. can control. But so I think they, you should be allowed to say whatever the fuck you want. You just shouldn't be allowed to do whatever the fuck you want. That's where but, I think but saying you have to try. Is, saying is doing. Is it? You're sure it is. You're, you're saying a word that's, that's an act, and that message can be really powerful and, and, you know, it could say things that do we really want a society to be out there? I mean, that's, you know, like the whole idea, the whole debate over hate speech, right? Right. I mean, the law says that hate speech is not appropriate. And, and people say, oh, you should never, you shouldn't limit anybody, but, but that's not true because, you know, um, you know, Jim Morrison, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, used to, I was really into the doors in high school. I love Jim Morrison. It's not just his music, but I read the books and the Lizard King and all this stuff, right? Yep. And I forgot which concert, and now my memory is not helping. But one of the concerts, maybe the New Haven concert, I forget which, he decides he's going to incite a riot because he's smart. This guy's not dumb. And he knows how to trigger a riot, and he wants to put it to the test. And he goes to the concert, and he does things and says things to really incite the crowd. Now, he's somewhat successful. Bad right. concert. I think, you know, at the end of the day, it was really bad, and there was destruction and just not a good vibe. It was bad. But, as I, you know, should you be allowed to do that? Should you be allowed? I mean, it's not like people went saying, I want to go to riot. They went for a concert, and he used the opportunity, and his knowledge of how to incite a riot, or his belief that he understood how to do it, to incite a riot. Now, those people didn't go and say, I want to incite a riot. They want this to happen to them. They were subject of it. Right. It's all speech. Should he be allowed to do that? Well, I think there's a line where speech becomes an action, and then there's speech that is just words. And it's a fine line. Anything that, any speech that has meaning becomes an action. You're delivering a message. Really, you can, so we're, we're talking about speech, moving your mouth. But really, it, it's not the speech we're talking about, right? What we're talking about is the message being delivered and the impact of that message. So right. should, should you be allowed to deliver any message you want to anybody who's within earshot of you, whether they want to hear it or not? This was a public venue. It was a, they were all gathered. It was a concert. He had the microphone. He was going to hear, they were going to hear anything he said because they're, they can't help it. You can't shut your ears out. I suppose you can put your fingers in, but they don't know what's coming, so it's not like... My it, instinctive answer is no. Shouldn't you, be should, you should not be allowed to do that. Right. My instinctive answer so is So now no. we've created a boundary. And right. once you create a boundary, now it's a debate over it, where the now, boundary is. And that's right. where and you that's, never, no one's ever going to agree. Right. And that's, that's where it becomes, okay, saying certain things with intent versus saying things, then it becomes the debate of, okay, well, did he say it with intent or did they say it without intent? Did they mean to do this? Did they not mean to do this? Why were they saying it in the first place? Why were they doing it? Like, that's where, like, if you're in your own home doing your own thing or in your own neighborhood and you're not looking to, 
If you're talking to the walls in your own house, you can say whatever you yeah, want. You can say whatever but you want. that's what I'm saying. Just, like the, the, the yeah, message just, you're trying to deliver, right? You're, you're, right? If you're trying to create a message, do you limit the message? You create a boundary over the messages, or do you not? And as soon as you say you can, now you have, you know, it's a matter. That's of, where it becomes a real slippery slope on both sides, right? Exactly on both sides, hundred percent, right? And that's where, that's where for me, that's where the discussion is fun. Yeah. Right. That's where the conversation becomes like a really cool, interesting conversation about words. And like we started this conversation with defining the difference between fail, quit. That's exactly right. Right. And give up. That's exactly right. That's what I like doing with words. I like going, okay, well, this word means this. You're saying that like speaking and talking are two different things to me. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Talk talking is just saying words, right? And but then speaking just, is with intent. If you're just gonna, if you're just you speak, talking is you could just make a list of words, right? Blah 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 blah, and that's all they are, right? Cat, dog, mouse, you know, right? Communication or, or the message—that's what everyone talks about. Everyone talks about speech, 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 but it's probably not as descriptive of what we're really talking about. It's what message or what what information or you're trying to deliver is really what people keep debating and talking about, right? And by calling it speech, I wonder if we're, and this is just off the top of my head because I hadn't thought about this before, but I wonder if by, by labeling speech as what we really mean is communication or messaging is, um, is doing a disservice because people don't talk about it the right way, I think. Right. Well, then you get into the whole, you know, it goes multiple different ways. It becomes like what's propaganda and what's not propaganda because this different, is all different speech labels for is, speech, right? Right. It just becomes different labels for speech. Right. And then the other side of that coin is, is okay, well, now, however you identify, I'm supposed to identify that way with you. Me, oh, you're talking, you're talking about like gender, even that, like, like that? anything. Like no. if you say that you're, if you say you're a chipmunk, then now I have to go, okay, well, you're a chipmunk. <laughs> now you're forcing speech onto me right. to, talk to you a specific way. And now it's like, okay, well, why do I have to live in your reality? Why don't you have to live in mine? Yeah. If my reality is you're not a chipmunk, why, why then do why, do, why do I have to default to your reality? Why yeah. can't you default to my reality? Yeah, no, that, that starts to right. become it. Right. I mean, so like, that's where it comes but, back and forth, where I don't give a fuck if you want to be a chipmunk or not. If you come up to me and you're like, I'm a chipmunk, I'm like, good for you, fucking chip. Good for you. I love it. <laughs> well, so that's the, see, that, that's the, that's the interesting But if my thing kid comes up to me and says, I'm a chipmunk, I go, that's fun to play. Are you done now? Because we're not going to be chipmunks when we go to so-and-so's house. Like, that's not happening. Right, right, right. Right? So it becomes like, what reality do you allow? I think that it's super healthy for kids to play pretend. But I also think that they need a boundary. Like you can't just leave the house as a witch every day and think so, that you're a witch now. Right. So, 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 uh, Brown is old enough now, or, yeah. or older, but um, you know, it goes back into the idea. Like, so I remember, you know, friends of mine. Well, they were actually the kids of the friends of my son, right? Back in elementary yep. school, and stuff like that. Their parents became our friends. So I remember one kid who wanted, you know, he shows up at I forgot what function it was, but he's dressed up as Spider Man. Yep. Now, it was not to play. We were there for whatever the function was. Right. He wanted to be Spider-Man. And the parents were like, sure, go ahead. I'm not going to fight you. You want to be Spider-Man. You choose your battles you choose at some your point. Exactly. Yep. But yet that kid clearly is like, and it's a kid. So right. it's complete. You know, he's like, I don't know. And then if he's set, on the spectrum, it now becomes a whole nother conversation. Yeah, it's a whole nother conversation. Right. right? But it's like, so you, you talk about what do you want to be. It was like, let him be what he wants to be. Like, you know, I remember some of the parents being like, oh, you shouldn't. 
he should have been forced to dress according appropriately, blah, blah. Who cares? The kid's right. happy. He's a kid. He wants to pretend he's Spider-Man, and that's where he is at his, in his life. So who cares? Let him right. be Spider-Man. Like, it's not doing you or me a disservice to right. have this kid running around pretending he's Spider-Man. I mean, he's not, like, climbing walls and, you know, jumping on people pretending you're the yeah. goblin and you're attacking him. But, like, so what? He's wearing Spider-Man. Yeah. Who cares? Right. So why can't everyone just let the people be whoever they want to be? You I'm, be who you want to be. And, and Right. And but know that if you show up for your job interview dressed as Spider-Man, you're most likely going <laughs> to not get that well, job, depending on where it is. But there you go. It's all about what your goal is. Right. right? Like, what's your goal? Like, right. what? Are, like, but don't look at me as the owner of a company and be like, he didn't. He discriminated against me because I'm dressed as Spider-Man. Right. Yes, I did. Right. Because that's not the work we're doing here. Well, that's sort of, sort of the kind of thing. Like, let's say you're doing all computer work, right? You don't have any front-facing interaction yeah. or all your interaction with clients or other people or whatever all on the phone. Yeah. So you want to sit at home doing your work dressed as Spider-Man. Great. Good for you. Exactly. Go for it. Exactly. There's, right. You gotta but see, you so have to know. Society, it goes back to what I was saying. Right. Society sets boundaries. And there's certain things where it's not, is it discrimination to say under certain circumstances you can't be doing X, Y, Z or you can't act a certain way because there's a purpose and a goal, whether it be safety or whatever, Society sets boundaries. Right. The problem is, is some people want society to set boundaries that are, I think, the majority don't like. And right. They're most vocal about it, and and there's other people who don't want any boundaries, and there's the other extreme, which is we shouldn't let anybody. Everyone could do everything, no matter what, and and you get this utopian kind of weird. Everyone and neither work. And what's and ironic is both it. far right and far left both want no boundaries. Yeah, you're right. Well, no, that I disagree. They, they want, want them, boundaries. They want them on their side, but right. they want no boundaries based on their boundaries. So, yes. Right? They're I like, like, I want no, I want all my freedom. And it's like, cool, then why can't they have theirs? Right. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with this, but even like if you want to talk about the far left, they have their boundaries. Too. Yeah. Because they don't want, and I'm, I don't say I disagree with I it, agree. but they don't want like, you know, hate speech and yeah. white supremacy. So, so there's boundaries there. And then the other side, where we, we want to talk this way, but we don't want, you know, minorities or we don't want immigrants. Yeah. Their boundaries there. They all set in boundaries. They just right. want the boundaries. They just they want, want their them. boundaries they want to be their, their boundaries. boundaries. Exactly. So that's where all of the rational middle have to go, all right, both of you sit down. Here's the rules. Well, so. Right? So, right. Like, at They're, some point, somebody has to sit down and be like, hey, guys, you're all getting out of control. Yeah. Let's sit down well, and let's you know, talk so, about this. So so I was a history major in college, and I, I still fancy myself a history whatever. I'm not great at it, but I, I enjoy it. Like, when I read a book, yep. I'm reading a book about history. Like that's whether it be fictional history or real history, you know, yep. like the autobiographies or biographies are great for me. And I'll tell you one thing I've learned through studying history through college all the way up to even today is that the worst thing for most people, for, for society in general, is extremism of mm -hmm. any form, of any form. It's always the middle that makes the most sense and yeah. is the most fair for the most people. But unfortunately, the middle all, seems to always get the like the lowest vote or the lowest focus or well, the lowest attention because most people in the middle are busy doing other things. Yeah. And the only time the middle seems to pop out is after some extremism got out of control, neither destroyed things or near destroyed things or really caused a lot of problem and everyone just stops and resets and says we got to go back to the middle. Yeah. Right? World War II is a perfect example. After World War II, there was a lot of craziness, we went back to the middle and then again more extremism starts popping up. You got the communism and, you know, USSR yep. and then 
and dictators and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, you get some extreme individual societies that go extreme and they go back to the middle and then they wander off to the streams again. It ha- yeah, they always come back it, to the middle at over, some point. It, you think people just happily reside in the middle. They don't. Make sure to come back for part two to hear the rest of this discussion.